Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? Good morning and welcome to Shaw Locals Bears Insider Podcast. I am Kyle Neighbors, along with Sean Hammond here on a special Wednesday edition of the podcast. If you're watching this live, yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday morning if you're listening to it. Um, obviously, a, a lot can change between now and when the Bears play the Bills at noon on Saturday. But with the holiday week, uh, had to move the schedule around uh, around a bit. Uh, the podcast today will be a little bit shorter than usual. We got to get out of here between like 10, 15, 10, 20. Um, Sean has to get over to Hallis Hall up in Lake Forest for practice today and get you guys all the news and notes out of there. Um, but Sean, I mean, let's uh, let's start with the fact and let's let's start with the fact that anyone going to the game on Saturday. Um, and it's to the point, I don't want to just, you know, talk about weather just to talk about weather, but when, when the coaches are being asked about it, when players are being asked about it, um, the conditions on Saturday have the potential to be as extreme as you're going to see during an NFL game. Yeah, it's, it's pretty significant. It, I was just checking before we hopped on here. The latest I saw was, was highs on Saturday around nine degrees. Uh, wind chill is going to make it feel a lot, lot colder than that. It looks like there could be gusts up to 40 miles an hour. And when you're talking about uh, Soldier Field on the lake, that is uh, a recipe for for a, a, an ugly game and a, in a uh, certainly not a fun situation to be sitting out in if you're going to the game, if you're a Bears fan. Uh, it's going to be cold and it's going to be windy. And, you know, the snow should be done by then. I don't think that's going to be the issue. But, but uh, uh, yeah, cold and windy coming up here. So, yeah, uh, the snow does look like it's going to be gone, luckily. Um, but uh, it's 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 uh, Matt Eberflus even mentioned, I believe, uh, you know, when you get to the extreme cold, the levels that you're talking about, he talked about uh, being at the game. Yeah, actually go to shawlocal.com, Sean, if, while I'm talking about this, if you want to drop that in the chat. Um, yeah, sure. To that. Um, yeah, yeah we, I mean, we talked he, about he, it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, talking about Matt Eberflus talked about coming up in, with the Dallas Cowboys in 2013 to Soldier Field in a game that was like, four or five degrees at kickoff having vaseline on his face to try and stay warm the sounds of the helmet or the sound that the helmets make um at that temperature just sound weird i believe is how he put it like i i don't like saying like there is a certain point you heard a certain point with weather conditions that it does start to impact the game now it, it, it's funny i want to talk about this because um mike b uh always popping into the chat with usually <laughs> take, take the over take the over hit and take the under and I, I saw someone asking in here what the under was at or what the over under was at. And he said 43. Oh, actually, over under is down to 40 and a half. Um, and I know not everyone gambles. And I actually don't actually place bets myself. I, I pay attention to the weather for my own uh, DFS purposes, uh, fantasy football. Um, but like what tends to happen is people overreact to weather conditions early in the week. Like if uh, anyone watched the game on Saturday with Buffalo, um, like, Early in the week, it looked like that um, that snowstorm, the the lake effect snow that Buffalo did get, but it was over essentially, or it stopped during the game, and like ev- the the total plummeted, and people then started pounding the over when they realized the conditions had improved, and seeing Mike post in the chat that it was forty three down to forty and a half. If you are a sports better, pay attention to the the weather. Like this storm system is moving quicker than originally anticipated. Like. You know, it might not actually be as bad on Saturday as we're thinking in terms of like if the like the snow is going to be gone. The question is if the wind drops down, Sean, and like that's going to have a big impact on this game. 
Yeah, these things are are fluid, and I'm certainly no weatherman, but just you know, checking the weather apps uh, compulsively over the last day or two, uh, you know, it's the 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 snow seems even like it might not be that snowy on Friday. Like it's going to be the majority of the snow is going to come Thursday, and and yeah, these things are always changing. So so certainly, yeah, if you're if you're an NFL better, uh, keep an eye on that and and adjust accordingly. Yeah, uh, a little inside baseball here. It's it's funny. I was sitting on our we have a group wide editors meeting every morning, Sean. Um, and the, of course the news people are all talking about the storm. And uh, like I said, inside baseball, my first two years of college, I went to college, uh, to be a meteorology major. So like I was chiming in yesterday and it's kind of funny. So like when I turn into a weather nerd on the podcast here, that's why, because I have, I kind of have a background in it and I find it interesting, but also I love when it kind of overlaps, uh, with my job currently with sports. Um, because it does, I mean, like the difference between like, 15 mile per hour wins and 30 mile per hour wins. It's such a huge difference in the kicking game and downfield throws, like in just a few hours difference, it's going to make a big difference in this game. And look, we were already talking last Sunday in that Eagles game about the wind and the the cold weather and, and Cairo Santos, whether or not he could kick from 45 yards or, or deeper. And that's only just going to be magnified even more. If the wind is, is 20 miles an hour, if it's 25, if it's gusting up to 40, that's going to make things really hard in the kicking game and, and in the passing game. I mean, that's another aspect of this that, that uh, is going to be harder for everyone. Yeah. I mean, if, if, the wind does verify like a game time where we're talking 34, 40 mile per hour winds. It's definitely, it's going to be hard for both teams to score. And in a year, if the bears were in contention, I'm, I'm sure this would be more of an issue for bears and they'd be talking about wanting to be uh, out in, out in Arlington Heights already. If, if the bears are trying to win a playoff or trying to win a game to get in the playoffs right now, but the bears are out of it. So really it doesn't matter to them, but it does matter to Buffalo. Buffalo is still trying to win football games. And when you do have what I mean, like weird things happen, if it's a low scoring game, it's just an opportunity for the Bears to be in a game a little bit more than maybe they should have or should be against a, a better opponent. And I, on the flip side, there are probably some Bears fans like, OK, when Kyle says that, like the weather needs to improve, the Bears need to lose this game. You know, like we don't want any <laughs> weird stuff to allow now that uh, Denver won last week uh, to get put the Bears in position to have that number two pick. Um, but yeah, these these things will have an impact uh, long term, kind of oddly. Yeah, and and if we're talking about a game where it, it, it might be tough to throw the football, uh, you know, it, it's looking like uh, Khalil Herbert is going to be back for the Bears. So you have that one-two punch on the ground with with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, and um, you know, maybe maybe given the conditions, the Bears just just lean on that running game a little bit, and and yeah, make this a little bit ugly and keep it low scoring and and find a way to to stay in this game. It's it's been impressive how they've been able to keep keep in these one-score games and. I mean, when we were making our picks on the show last week, Kyle, I just said, you know, I feel like they're going to have to find a, they're going to find some way to keep this a one score game. And it happened again. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go back to that well and, and pick another one score game because they're going to find a way. I I don't know which beat writer it was. And I apologize um, because I, I, I always try and source stuff here. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I saw it on Twitter at some point talking about the Bears only having, I believe it was a minus 68 point differential. Um, yeah, and you may have actually. Yeah, that was, that was in my that was in my story. Okay, so I, I saw I saw maybe you had tweeted. I saw it somewhere. I just re, it, it's uh, yeah, like you you talk about you look at some of the worst teams in the league, and you're talking about like point differentials of like minus one fifty, minus two hundred at this time of year. By you know, with only a few games left, the Bears are only minus sixty eight. And again, like I, I I just think that goes to show you the growth of the team, the amount of buy-in that Matt Eberflus and his staff are getting from a really young undermanned squad like that that's a good a good example or a good showing um of why like you should be optimistic as a fan yeah absolutely I, I wrote that in in my bear down nerd up uh stat breakdown you know I was looking at some of the uh, given what their record is right now they're they're Record-wise, they're going to be one of the worst Bears teams ever, um, you know. But obviously, it doesn't feel that way because there's there's positive things on the field. But uh, just looking at some of those worst Bears teams, 2016 uh, was one of those, and and uh, you know there were a bunch of other ones. 1969, I think, was was a real. I think they were a one-win team. Yeah, like negative 120, 130 point differential. And right now, the Bears, Bears are hanging in there. You know, negative uh, uh, minus 68 really isn't that bad for an 11-loss team. 
All right. Well, let's get into some questions here. Before we do, got to get some propers out of the way since we haven't done that yet. Make sure you go to shawlocal.com for all of your Bears content, Sean. Uh, Working hard this week to get everything ready for the holiday week and all of our preview content ready for Bears versus Bears versus Bills. Follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore Insider. You can follow Sean on Twitter at Sean underscore Hammond. And you can follow myself on Twitter at Kyle Neighbors. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, comment. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Every time someone does, it helps more people find the show. Um, it's a big thing. Um, I always like to talk about local journalism. You guys doing that directly supports local journalism. And it all it does, you don't have to pay anything. I just need you to hit a thumbs up and subscribe. If you want to hit the little bell to get notification from where we go live, also appreciate that. Um, but Sean, yeah, jumping into the questions, Rick, you mentioned earlier, Rick Gonzalez, or you mentioned earlier about Khalil Herbert. He had a question on it. Oh, I'm sorry, that's, that's Mike B. Um, <laughs> talking about not dressing Cairo Santo. We can get into that later, maybe. Um, uh, Rick Gonzalez, with Herbert uh, clear the 21 day, or will Herbert clear the 21 day window before Saturday, Sean? Yeah, that's that's a fair question because I, I I was maybe jumping the gun a little bit there. He's he's cleared to return to practice. Um, you know, we've seen guys take longer. Uh, I, I've, I'm I'm kind of just basing this on on the everything that we've heard from Eberflus and sort of the the tone and positivity that that we've heard uh, about Khalil Herbert is is kind of why I'm I'm getting the feeling that he will be back uh, for this game. But but I don't obviously know that for certain. Uh, uh, Rick is absolutely right. You know, they, they can they can wait out the 21 day window as long as they need to. Uh, but but I kind of have a feeling that that he's getting close. I think if if Treston Ebner or Vela, like if Velas is technically a wide receiver, but I think we know where this is trending at this point and the most likely scenario. Um, like if someone had stepped up in that backfield role behind David Montgomery to kind of fill that Khalil Herbert role, maybe they would slow roll this a little bit more and they're out of contention. They don't really need to, they probably know what they have with Herbert, but like they've also shown no desire to just hold someone back. Like they're, they, they keep saying they're trying to win games and that's pretty clear. Like, so I don't think, you know, that's going to, if he's, if he's healthy, particularly with the way the other guys have struggled to fill in for him, I think that Khalil Herbert would be activated. And you look at the way this game sets up talking about the weather, like the bears want to run the ball to begin with. So do the Buffalo bills. Like Josh Allen is, is great. And Stefan Diggs and like they can get vertical if they need to, they are, fur, are much further in terms of their development in the bears, similar style teams though. So that's why I compare them, but like they can go to the ground game if they need to Josh Allen, obviously very electric running the ball. Devin Singletary, um, I, I like the kid, but you're starting to see James Cook get more involved. Uh, like they, they have ways to move the ball. I think this is going to be a really, a really kind of ground-based game, um, where as we kind of pivot into talking that important to the Bears this week, going forward to me, uh, one because of the weather, but we really don't know what the wide receiver core looks like at this point. The injuries have really mounted. Chase Claypool was back at practice yesterday, limited. Um, but Sean, kind of set the table. Where where do we stand with the wide receiver core? Yeah, so so you're right, Kyle. I mean, that's it's it's a, a two headed monster here. You you obviously you got the weather and you want to run the ball in that situation, but you also got this this receiving group that is is really banged up. Um, you know, they they were obviously not at full strength last week against the Eagles. Uh, Claypool, and, and you know what, I should uh, uh, preface this by saying that Tuesday's practice was a walkthrough. It wasn't an, a real practice. This is this is more of an estimate based on how, how guys were feeling. But um, the Bears said that Claypool would have been limited if if it was a full practice. He's still dealing with that knee injury from the Packers game. Uh, and Equinemius St. Brown uh, is still in the concussion protocol. So, uh, you know, that's one of those things where it could be a couple days. It could be two weeks. We, we really don't know how he's doing. Uh, certainly you know, he hit his head pretty hard on the, on the ground there on that tackle early in the game. And, and that was a scary situation. I, I would guess, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of the times these, these take a little bit more than a week, but you know, it's, it's really, it's really up in the air. Um, so yeah, you're, you're dealing with another banged up receiver group. Hopefully uh, Claypool is trending in the right direction and they can get him back this week uh, because they, they really need him. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a, a group that, that Byron Pringle and, and Valus Jones and um, Dante Pettis. And, and, you know, it's just really hard for, for Justin Fields to throw the football when he's, when he's having to throw to these guys who are, are really supposed to be down on the depth chart and, and shouldn't be getting the number of snaps that they're getting. 
Um, so, I, and you, uh, you, you see that really like obviously Claypool and Mooney top two guys gone. And for, I don't think anyone here is going to be singing the praises of Equinemia St. Brown, but of the other receivers, he, and part, maybe part of that is because like you had a guy like Byron Pringles missed a lot of time, but Equinemia St. Brown has been the guy you've seen show up the most in terms of making plays. He was the guy that made the first play in that game. Uh, I, I think clearly the plan was to have him more involved in the offense on Sunday that went out the window. And after that, you didn't really see a receiver uh, step up, which is concerning, but it's, it's good that you have the potential to have a guy like Claypool back. Did you mention Harry, Nikhil Harry? Uh, no, I don't think I did. So yeah, he missed the game with the back injury. I'm not quite sure. He was a full, um, he was a full participant yesterday, but I mean, he was a full participant all of last week too. So uh, the him being inactive was a surprise to me because he practiced all week, um, and and so I imagine he's close, and and I imagine that he'll go this week, but uh, we don't really know. Uh, yeah. That would certainly help getting these guys back. I'm trying to piece it together here and and uh, look at the chat where I wanted to go because Rick had a follow up. Where has Komet been with all the injuries at wide receiver? Why has Komet not been getting more targets? Sean, I'm going to go ahead. I'd like to start with this one because sure, yeah, I, I think there's two two things. One, I, I mean, because of the, I think the injuries both at wide receiver and offensive line is altering the way the bears are operating their offense. Uh, you saw that with the uptick and run from Justin Fields last week, that partially also because he was another week healthier coming out of the bye from that shoulder injury, but they're, they're limiting, you know, the amount that they're throwing to begin with. And the other thing is you, I mean, they, they, uh, Sean, another thing you had in your, um, your piece yesterday, bear down, nerd up, was talking about the Bears having the highest sack percentage or sack rate per per drop back since the 2002 Houston Texans. Um, their very first year, I'm, I think everyone remembers uh, David Carr getting pounded that entire first season. It was like 70-something sacks. Yeah, I mean, just it was comical. Um, and so, like, that was more of, like, the old school. Like, they still were dropping him back 40 times a game. Mm-hmm. But you saw that, I mean, they did not throw the ball a ton on Sunday this past week, despite the fact that they were behind there. Um, and when they did, Justin Fields still took six sacks, five in the first half. And there were a lot of times, like, when we say, like, Justin Fields took a sack, like, Last year, there were times he was holding the ball too long. And that is occasionally there was at least one I can remember offhand where I was like, Justin, you got to get rid of that ball quicker, man. Like that, that can't be a sack. But there are several times a game where before he is able to complete a, a deep drop, someone has already come free and is in his face. And like the, the issues with the offensive line are real and they're not going to get better immediately. So that impacts how often you are taking those shots downfield. And I mean, in general, using the passing game, Sean. So yeah, I mean, all that contributes like Cole Komet is limited because of all that coming together. Yeah. And and what you see or what you saw at least uh, specifically in the game on Sunday was, was Cole Komet caught four passes for, for, you know, they were all relatively short. I think he finished with like 20, 25 yards or something like that. And, and yeah, with all these receivers down, you would hope that, that you're going to commit down the field and pushing it down a little bit. But um, sometimes it's harder. Uh, you're right. You're absolutely right. And they lost Tevin Jenkins in that game. That's that's not a, a small thing. He's one of their best linemen. I know he's not at the tackle spot, but you're still talking about a position uh, where you are you have a weakness there. And, and, you know, Michael Schofield stepped in and, and you know, sure, he's, he's a fine backup, but he's not, uh, you know, a part of your ideal plan in that situation. And um, certainly, uh, you know, if, if Tevin's out this week, he'll, uh, Schofield will have a whole week where he can, uh, you know, rep with the first team. But, uh, you know, man, a lot of injury news this week. Um, another thing that I didn't mention is Tevin Jenkins was back at practice yesterday, uh, you know, in a limited capacity. So that's that's really promising news, especially considering how uh, scary that situation was. Anytime you're bringing somebody out on a stretcher, that's that's just you know, awful and you don't want to see that and you start to think the worst. Uh, and so the fact that he is is returning to practice this week and, and could potentially, uh, uh, you know, be back and, and ready for this game, that's that's really, really good news for the Bears. And it goes back to what we're saying. It's really good news for that offensive line. So I, we talked about it on Monday. Um, uh, uh, 
about the potential of it being a stinger. Um, and to me, that just, you know, we're not going to get uh, the injury from the Bears. Uh, was he, what was he listed? He was listed it's a on, neck the, injury on, the, injury, on, the on the injury report. So when I, we talked about, like I said, when you look at the replay, how, how it played out, and now that he's already back at practice, I'm pretty, pretty comfortable saying that it was a stinger. Like it, it, everything points in that direction. Um, so yeah, if that, and if that is indeed the case, he will have a chance to play this weekend. Um, I'll be interested to see how the bears phrase it the next couple of days, the next 48 hours. Cause you can get a sense from that. And that's where I want to go with this. There is Matt Eberflus. While he doesn't give you a ton, you can read the lines. We're starting to get a large enough sample size to kind of understand how he operates and what he's telling us. John, I know there was something that you um, hit on or you noticed him saying about some uh, a component on the offensive line. I'll let you get to that in a second. But I wanted to start out with someone had asked, uh, God, it's great that we have so many questions. Yeah, here, keep someone, them coming, guys. Yeah, uh, I want to pop it up on screen so I can give you guys. Uh, but it was about, uh, yeah, Mark, uh, Mark had asked, uh, was it just me or did anyone notice? Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, that's uh, being pissed at you. Well, this is um, this is actually the comment, but it wasn't about the offensive line. Um, was it just me or did anyone else think that Eberflus is pissed at Santos and Valus Jones Jr.? Pissed isn't the wrong word or isn't the right word or angry. I don't think that. But what I think, Mark, you were picking up on there is what I was kind of is what I'm talking about. You're starting to be able to sense who Matt Eberflus is as a coach. Um, less so on Santos. I think they're pretty confident that it's just a thing that Cairo Santos is going to get through. I, I do think. And I guess the thing there is it's harder to tell because it's not like you're benching or cutting a kicker or every week or something like that. It's easier to say, okay, Valis, you know, didn't do his thing. We're going to bring someone else in. You don't have a backup kicker. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe he is equally, but I I think what you are seeing there is the frustration with how things are going with Valis Jones. Um, and Sean, you, you talked a little bit. They had asked about, or people in the chat are talking about Alex Leatherwood. You picked up on something uh, yesterday that I'll let you share. Well, yeah, and and before I get into that, just just to mention, you know, with the Vela stuff, uh, you know, uh, somebody asked asked Eber Flus about the fumbles, and and you know, Flus said, uh, I thought the strongest he had really said it all season. You know, he said the fumbles are not acceptable. You know, we we can't have that, and and I think that was the first time all year where it kind of turned from from you know, Vela will get another shot. You know, blah 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 to to like come on, we got to get this figured out. And, and so that's a, that I think sends a clear message that, uh, you know, he's kind of at his wits end as far as the, the, the fumbles with Valus Jones uh, are concerned. And, and yeah, somebody asked him about Alex Leatherwood. I know there's been a lot of talk about Leatherwood these past couple of weeks. He's been getting some snaps for the first time at right tackle, rotating him with Riley reef. Um, and, and, you know, just reading between the lines a little bit, I thought it was, notable that that Eberflus mentioned uh indicated that Larry Borum was going to be back uh when asked about Alex Leatherwood which again you know we're, we're kind of taking some some leaps in, in judgment here but I'm kind of thinking that that seems to indicate that that either Borum's going to be the backup to Riley Reef or maybe Borum's going to step back in there at that starting spot uh whatever it is you know I think Alex Leatherwood's probably going to get pushed back onto the bench yeah well whether it is like subconsciously or or very, very consciously, like when coaches say something like that, there's usually a reason, right? So like him, yeah, mentioning the fact that when asked about Alex Leatherwood, he mentioned another player at the same position coming back. You can read into that. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to always come to fruition, but that certainly means that the coaching staff is at least considering that option. I, I think they're really open to to using whichever one of those three right tackles is able to get the job done best, and and maybe that is Reef, maybe that is Borum, maybe that is Leatherwood. I kind of think uh, Leatherwood's going to be the odd man out here this week. Uh, Gary Ross checking in uh, with Carter is starting at left guard. Sean, you know why Gary? Why are you saying that there? Sean, do you have any idea? Uh, are we talking about Jatari Carter? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure what, what that's all about. Um, obviously Carter hasn't played snap all season. Um, I think, you know, I look back, uh, now I see, he said, uh, Gary had said white hair will be gone. I think he's talking about stuff oh, okay. in the off season. They're talking about the future. Yeah. 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 Sorry guys. Sometimes, uh, when you kind of scroll through here, um, it's easy to lose cut or <laughs> lose a uh, track. I see what Mark asking, will the bears cut Bayless Jones? We had actually talked about that on Monday, Mark. Like there's no reason to cut him. 
like he's a rookie on a contract um, where you still have to fill out a 53 man roster. He'll be here. Now, will he be here and playing next year? I have no idea, man. Uh, I think he'll get another chance at some point, though. Um, yeah, Gary Gary chimed in here. Uh, Whitehair was on the injury report yesterday with a knee injury. Um, so it's certainly something to watch. Uh, you know, I I think it would depend if, if uh, Tevin Jenkins is back. Because if Jenkins is back, you're probably going to put Schofield at left guard um, ahead of, of Carter. But, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how that develops uh, over these next couple of days of practice. Uh, and if if white hair can get back in there, is Carter is Carter currently on the practice squad? No, he's on the active roster. He is he's on just, the active he's roster. He's just been inactive uh, most weeks, maybe every week. I'm, I'm don't quote me on that, but but he's been inactive a lot. I think it'll uh, it'll be interesting this week in particular. Um, so I believe it's noon the day before a game is when you have to decide if you're elevating any players from the practice squad. Um, you don't have to like so like if the Bears go into this weekend with multiple linemen uh, lift listed as questionable or something like that, and then you like see someone pull uh, like a guard or someone pulled up from the practice squad. I think that would be an indication that like a guy like Whitehair is not going to play. Uh, the fact that he finished the game on Sunday, I right? don't think he. I don't. There was no obvious. I, I'm pretty sure he played every snap. I, I'd have to double check on that, but I don't remember him going out. Yeah. So I don't think. I don't. Given that, I, it'll be interesting to uh, to find out um, over the next couple of days. Now there has happens. been there has been some times where guys played the whole game, and then I'm thinking of Larry Borum's concussion earlier in the year, and then you know he told me that that he just went to the staff after the game, or maybe the next morning, whatever it was, and, and was like, I'm not feeling right. Uh, so you know, sometimes that adrenaline carries you through the game, and and you think something's not as bad as it really is. Yeah. Um... It's it's something that essentially you're just going to have to pay attention to this week. Watch the injury updates. Watch to see if they they elevate someone. Um, and I, I, at that point, you're going to know. It's really hard to speculate right now. Who's even going to start? Because with all these guys listed as questionable guys coming back, I don't really know. The I, injury I report don't. is so long that we're forgetting guys like Cody Whitehair, Kyle. You know, like it's, yeah. there's there's a lot going on. Uh, Rick asked about uh, Jalen Johnson, who who looked like he suffered an injury on that that big play to AJ Brown. Uh, Johnson was a full participant. Um, that is a rib injury. He also apparently has a finger injury, uh, but I, I would imagine that's not that big of a deal. What was his um, injury earlier in the year? Was it a yeah, you know what, and they call it—they're calling it a rib injury, but he told us it was more of a, like an abdominal thing. Okay, and wasn't that what he was dealing? He with? He was like- dealing with something similar earlier in the year that I think they called an oblique. They always call these things, you know, what oblique rib, whatever. Like, it—it it might not be exactly what they say it is. Yeah, in that in those situations. Um, but he he was a full participant yesterday, so I think that's that's a good sign. Obviously, you're going to need him against Stefan Diggs. Oh God! Um, <laughs> yeah, if if Jalen Johnson is out, you better be. If you're the Bears, you better be hoping for those forty mile per hour wins. Because if if Josh Allen is able to get the ball downfield easily enough to Stephon Diggs with no Jalen Johnson, it's gonna be a really long day. Because I mean, you look at the fact that pretty much anyone you talk to that 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 watched the Bears game knows that that secondary actually played pretty well against A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, despite the fact that they both ended up having big uh, uh, yardage totals at the end of the day. I, I can't I can't imagine what things would look like um, with, with Jalen Johnson out and Stephon Diggs running back there with the way the Bears are just unable to generate any pass rush currently. No, I mean, it's it's pitiful. Uh, 17 sacks at this point in the year. Uh, the sack rate is, is second worst in the league. Uh, Joe Thomas with your only sack on Sunday and, and Jaquan Brisker still leads the way with three sacks. You don't want your safety leading you in sacks uh, this late in the year. Uh, that's fine if it happens week one, week two, but uh, yeah, we, you know, we've been talking about it all year, but it's, it's not good. That's, that's clearly, clearly one of those, those high priority things they have to address in the off season. Uh, Kyle, I'm going to bring this, this comment up from Rick. Um, where is Vildor? And I think that, got a little bit overlooked with everything that was going on uh, and maybe because it's a little bit, you know, you're talking about your fifth DB uh, people don't notice that as much, but yeah. um, Jalen Jones was playing over Kendall Vildor on Sunday. Vildor was healthy and dressed. Uh, He just wasn't out there. And so I think that's notable. I I haven't had a chance to, to 
talk to either of those guys with everything that was going on after the game. I mean, the stories we were chasing were, were elsewhere and, and uh, uh, but the locker room's open today and, and maybe I can, can figure out a little bit more about what's up with that. And uh, it seems to me that, that they've kind of just like what Jalen Jones has been doing this year. Jalen Jones has performed pretty well when given the opportunity. Uh, Kendall Vildor, it's interesting that you were finding him on the outside looking in potentially again here because that happened last year, early in the year where he was benched. He ended up kind of working his way back late in the year, performed well, and actually got off to a pretty good start this year. He's been a divisive player within you know the Bears community, Bears fans community over the last couple of years. Um, and the fact that it, it would certainly appear, at least for one game, that he was benched again in favor of Jalen Jones. At some point, you start to think, like the guy is running out of chances uh, in Chicago. It, it could be that, that, you know, he was coming off that ankle injury and, and it could that, be that, that, you know, they could use him in a pinch. That would be why he would be dressed, but they don't want to. That could also just be another explanation for that, um, which maybe that's the case. Uh, but yeah, it, you know, he, he obviously didn't play. He's been dealing with that ankle for, for a few weeks now. And, and so um, it, it's hard to say, I guess. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I see Gary pointed that out too. Yeah, going back to the injury list. Um, was he listed? Was Vildor listed as questionable going into that game? I can't remember. I want to say yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I, I think I don't remember him being on the list, which is why I think I forgot about him. But if he was listed as questionable, then then Rick, I wouldn't read too much into that. I would say that it's more likely than than his ankle wasn't a hundred percent, and they just wanted uh to either give him some time or they said, let's give a, a rookie another chance. He's performing well and not rush Kendall Vildor back out there. Um, the, the other, you know what? One other injury that we didn't really mention, Kyle, is, is Jack Sanborn is done for the season, unfortunately. Yeah. That yeah. ankle, uh, you know, and, and I don't think it's that serious. Uh, I think if, if there were more games, he would be back. Uh, but you're talking about only three weeks. And if he's got to go on IR, that, that means he's done for the year. Um, but I mean, he did a heck of a job stepping in there after, after the Roquan Smith trade. And, uh, while he wasn't necessarily like, you know, a pro bowl level player, he was, he was really good for, for an undrafted rookie, uh, who you really didn't know what you were going to get from him. And, and I think that's, that's a, 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 a spot where the bears can, can feel like they, they found something for, for a really good value. They have, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Um, in a couple places in late rounds, we I, we got into the other day about Ryan Poles and some of the issues and concerns that we might have with him long term, uh, particularly when you start looking at that that draft. And there are some good things in it, some bad things in it. Uh, but when you look at the back, or you talk about like undrafted free agents, yeah, finding Jack Sanborn. No matter what we think of of Ryan Poles overall, finding Jack Sanborn is going to help this rebuild because. I mean, that certainly looks like a guy that you can go ahead and plug in at a, a linebacker position that you desperately, desperately need to upgrade. We talked about Jalen Jones, um, a late draft pick there that maybe he isn't a, a, a big time uh, boundary starter for you. But if he's a guy that you can actually find a late round pick that settles into that nickelback position, like that would be big, actually. So, um, you know, there's, there is a couple of things that maybe you can chalk up to Ryan Poles, or if you if you want to be, uh, I, Mike, I can already feel Mike be about to chime in saying no credit for Ryan Poles there, but, um, whoever you want to give credit to there, there, there are a couple either late round picks or undrafted guys that at least you can say that they found this year that you can feel good, uh, going into 2023 with. Yeah, there's, there's some positives to take from this outside of just Justin Fields. And, and obviously that's always going to be the big one, but, um, you know what? It's going to be a fun off season. I mean, I think if if you ask anybody, uh, you know, to you know, you, you have the quarterback, you have the potentially the number two overall pick, you have all this cap space. I mean, if this is not an off season to get excited about, I don't know what is, Kyle. I'm usually dreading off season talk at this time of year. Like, I just don't want to do it. I love December football. I love this playoff stretch. Um, now, usually we are talking as, as people that cover the Chicago Bears. We're usually talking about offseason stuff already because the Bears aren't typically in contention and we don't want to. Yeah, this even is what when, we do. <laughs> even when they're technically playoff alive, like they are you know, alive for the playoffs, uh, like they've been the last couple of years with the expanded. Like, I don't think most people still want to talk about like the current season. They want to look ahead. Um, and I'm like, God, I just don't want to do it yet. But yeah, it, I'm I'm excited. It's going to be fun to see how this develops. 
um, this offseason because of everything you just mentioned. Um, I want to go ahead and give a shout out here before we run out of time to our sponsor of Shout Locals Bears Insider Podcast. Marengo Guns, always buying, always paying top dollar for your guns, ammo, and military items. Come see the expert at Marengo Guns, open 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., seven days a week. And, you know, there's a lot of talk in the chat right now um, about Valus Jones. And as I mentioned about finding a couple guys late, uh, you know, uh, the flip side of that is Valus Jones, as we were mentioned earlier, really struggling. Um, Mark had said, I'm sorry, but I haven't seen enough of Valus Jones. I wouldn't dress him for the rest of the year. I, he says, I have seen enough. Oh, I have seen enough. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have seen enough. I thought I was, I'm going with like, I haven't seen enough good to justify uh, dressing him is what I was thinking in my mind there. Um, and either way, I, I agree with you. Um, you saw that earlier with Valus being um, inactive on Sundays. If, if guys like Chase Claypool and uh, Nikhil Harry are able to go this week, um, I think that pushes Valus Jones back into the range of potentially being inactive. Uh, the St. Brown concussion, I don't expect him to be cleared in time. I don't know that, but like it's hard to get cleared for a concussion in the NFL for a Sunday game. A Saturday mm-hmm. noon game makes that even worse. So that's one spot that might keep Valus Jones active. Um, I know some people uh, had talked in the chat about Nasimba Webster getting a chance. Um, is there uh, anyone else that you would go ahead and, and think could potentially bump Valus Jones back to inactive, Sean? I don't see. I would be surprised if they pulled up Webster and and made Jones inactive. Uh, that just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You're, you're talking about right now. You got six receivers. We're assuming. Let's just assume Claypool and Harry are back. You got six receivers. Uh, EQ St. Brown is out with the concussion. So you're down to five. You're typically going to want five. Uh, I think Valus is, is very clearly the fifth of, of those remaining guys. He's your, you know, your last one. Um, and, and so I, I think he'll be dressed for this game. If those scenarios play out, um, I, I would be surprised if they pulled up Webster and, and made Valus inactive. That, that just wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, certainly it's possible, but um, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't think I, I, someone had said Webster earlier. So like Nassimba uh, Webster is still pretty young, but like he's not a rookie. He's a guy you've had around for, well, yeah. I know it was a different staff last different year, but staff, he's been around but, for two years. I mean, if he was going to do something, he would have done it. By yeah. Now. Like he would have, they would have made him active. Like they would have even given him a role, I think on special teams to try and start getting it. If they felt like he was going to be able to contribute. So I don't think Webster, they're going to put, uh, like they wouldn't put Webster over Jones. Uh, Gary uh, Gary Ross checking in saying, I'd rather see, Fount- is it Fountain or Fountain? I can't remember. Dory's Fountain. I, I believe it's Fountain. Fountain. Okay. Yeah, I think it's Fountain. I haven't asked I, him. <laughs> uh, some, you never know what names. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he is a guy that is more of an unknown that maybe like that is a guy that they're like, all right, let's give him a chance. I, I see someone like that that's been around a shorter time period that is more of a project that has more upside than December Webster probably has. Maybe you do that over Jones, but the, there's not a clear cut guy as you were saying that you're like I have to have him up over over a uh, you know a mid round draft pick even if he is struggling. Yeah, I mean you don't know what Doris Fountain really is. You haven't seen him. You know they've seen him in practice, of course, but you haven't really seen him in game action. And and frankly, Simba Webster is is. You know, he's a very nice special teams player, but he's never done anything for the offense. And so I don't know at this point, you know, you can you can make the same argument that Velas Jones has done very, very little for this offense outside of the the one touchdown early in the season. Uh, You're talking about three bad options at this point, Kyle. Yeah. uh, You know what they could do? Um, they they do have a few more workable bodies. I don't know if you saw this. The Houston Texans on Sunday only had three wide receivers active and five tight end active. They were without their top two guys in Brandon Cooks and uh, I can't even remember the other guy's name that I'm I'm blanking out on. Um, the it's a rookie, um, Nico Collins. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, both of those guys were out. Um, so instead of just running some a bunch of extra bums out there, they just decided, and it's a bit of a different scenario because I mean they're running out Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills like rotating yeah. at quarterback right now, and you have Justin Fields, uh, so a different situation. But like you do get to the point where if you don't think the guys on the practice squad are near ready, like, and you're a heavy running team, like they Houston wanted to run that ball, uh, 
this past weekend, the Bears are going to want to run the ball, particularly with the weather conditions when they already want to. Like maybe you don't bring maybe you find an active uh, an extra body on the offensive line or an extra tight end to help with blocking and you don't bring up a wide receiver and maybe you end up only going with four guys. Well, I mean, certainly with this weather situation, uh, I think that is, is while I don't necessarily think that's likely, uh, you know, anything, anything goes when the weather gets weird. And, and yeah, if that's, we saw, we saw last year, what, what the Patriots did against the bills in that game where they only threw the ball like two times or whatever. Um, uh, you know, I don't expect anything that drastic from, from Justin Fields and, and this bears offense, but, you, you do what you got to do to win the game. And Matt Eberflus talks about that all the time. They're trying to win the football game. If that means bringing up an extra tight end or an extra lineman, sure, why not? Uh, it almost worked for the Texans against the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, the more we talk about it, and it's only Wednesday, so it's like we're we're literally doing this as I'm still trying to figure out the game. Like when we do this on Friday morning, by then you kind of have an idea. But with so many injuries and stuff, and with the weather looking the way it does, the more we talk about it, Justin Fields obviously just became the third quarterback, fourth overall. Lamar Jackson's done it twice to reach a thousand yards, closing in on that rushing record. This feels like a game where Justin Fields is going to run the ball a lot. Like, keep it on the ground, utilize, particularly, again, this is another matchup where Buffalo isn't quite as good at, as rushing the passer as uh, what you saw out of Philly, but they still can get at the quarterback. You saw the Bears use that zone read a, quite a bit in that game to try and slow down those pass rushers. I think this is another uh, another scenario, and they just they probably lean on even more than we saw last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly could see that. Um, you know, the, the Justin Fields. You know, I know, I, I know they played the. Uh, I know the Bills played the Ravens earlier in the year, but but Lamar Jackson hasn't been running like Justin Fields has. Not the volume of, of running uh, this season, uh, and also Lamar's uh, uh, been hurt, so that's kind of hurt his yardage. But um, you know, Justin Fields is is kind of a weapon that that the Bills haven't really seen before, and. Uh, it's funny, Justin brought up that preseason game last year. I think it was his very first preseason game where he got popped in the helmet and his helmet went flying. Do you remember that, Kyle? Um, he like, yeah, he missed, he missed a blitzer or, you know, didn't make the right adjustment, whatever. It was his first game as a preseason. He's like, he's like, when I think of the bills, that's what I think of. Uh, and certainly he is a much different quarterback now than he was, was way back then. Yeah. Uh, then, then, then really, um, I was trying to, I got distracted here. Sorry. There was something about uh, wide receivers. Okay. So this is where we're going to end it. We're, we're running out of time here. We got to get you out of here, Sean, in about the next five minutes or so. Um, I'm going to go ahead and move this up, or I'm just going to go ahead uh, and, and quickly hit on Ryan Poles here. We're running out because Dr. Earl had said, how confident are we about Poles picking wide receiver and running backs in or out of the draft? Um, Sean, I'll, I'll start here. I, I get why you're probably asking that question with the way things have gone with Bayless Jones and Tristan Ebner. And I've been, I've, I've certainly been pretty vocal about the fact that I thought the bears needed to address wide receiver in the second round of that draft. Um, and it's concerning that he didn't feel the same way. Uh, with that being said, it's one year sample size. So I, I'm not willing to draw any conclusions, Sean. Yeah, I think it's just too soon. I mean, you can look at the list of, of running backs and receivers they've brought in since he took over. Uh, you're talking about at running back, Tristan Abner, Darrington Evans. You're talking about uh, Chase Claypool, uh, Nikhil Harry, Valus Jones, EQ St. Brown, Byron, literally all the receivers on the team besides Mooney. Um, and so I think a lot of those, especially at the receiver position, some of those guys were stopgap measures. I wouldn't really read into it. You know, I, I think this wide receiver position – is going to look quite different next year outside of, of Mooney and, and, and Claypool who are obviously going to be here and should be part of the plan. Um, but these things take time and, and, you know, it's, it's far too soon to, to judge Ryan Poles as a, as a finished product as a GM. Uh, Cause this is still his first, he hasn't even completed a calendar year in this job. Uh, and, and you know what he's, and he's he was made used. some good, made some good choices, made some bad choices. Every GM is going to do that. Well, you do have to remember too. Uh, he was using the prior administration front office uh, scouting For staff a, too. Yeah, 
for that draft um, because when guys are hired, all your scouting is done by that point. When and they the have GM's overhauled hired. that that scouting. Yeah, they've, it, they've changed. Um, uh, a number of those scouts have turned over and they've brought yeah. in their own guys. Pretty much a week after the draft ended, uh, there were changes made to that scouting staff. So that's another wrinkle that you need to consider here. Um, now, I will say this. The Bears contention window has significantly been sped up because of the progression of Justin Fields. The Bears, when I say contention, I doesn't mean they're, it doesn't mean they're going to win the Super Bowl next year, but they should be competing for a playoff spot next year with the way the NFL works. And if they're not, if they're struggling at wide receiver next year or positions that the Bears try and address this offseason and we find out that they haven't actually addressed them, like maybe they miss on a draft pick, maybe they miss on a, a big name free agent, that's when the concerns are really should start to creep in for Ryan Pohl, Sean. Yeah, I think a, I think a realistic expectation would be something in the seven to ten wins range for this team. You know, I, I personally think you know, you're not going to be able to fix every single hole in one off season. Uh, but I don't see any reason why they couldn't fix enough holes to, to be in that around that 500 range, Kyle. I don't know how you feel. I mean, yeah. I, the, so the median, when you're talking about a team, that's probably going to end up with, with three or four, wins. three or four and, wins. Yeah. To ask them to get to 10 wins seems like a lot. Right. But when as we talked at the beginning of the show, uh, about their point differential, how much having an elite quarterback covers it up. I, I mentioned on Monday about how quickly things accelerated for Cincinnati once Joe Burrow really figured it out and things took off, despite issues with the offensive line, despite issues with the defense. The Bears have that potential if Fields c- continues to progress, if the coaching staff is what we think it is in terms of being above average, pretty good, I think, at least. Um Everything can come together to where they can be a contender and potentially all the way to the Super Bowl next year. But I think the median projection probably should be seven to 10 wins, as you were saying. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, if you're talking like an eight and nine football team in today's NFL with, with the seven spots, that is in playoff contention. You know, you look at the Lions, they're seven and seven, they're sitting right outside the playoff right now. Um, and they're getting better as the season goes on. So maybe they win, end up nine and eight, right? And they squeak into the playoff. But they're better than they might be better than that nine and eight record indicates because they played better over the second half of the season. Now, and that's what I'm kind of saying. The thing there, though, is like that's with Jared Goff at quarterback. They got yeah. the other pieces around him. If you put those kind of pieces around Justin Fields, like you can super, you know, super track this really fast if you do this correctly. And I, I know we got to get out of here, so I want to end it here. Someone had asked earlier in the show about DeAndre Hopkins and T. Higgins making trades for those guys, and we talk about the aggressiveness of this offseason and how to manage it and way the the way wide receivers have been traded over the last few years that is another way the bears could potentially fast track this and so i'm going to hit on those two guys specifically um to to wrap this up sean uh, deandre hopkins mike v had actually texted me earlier in the week or maybe last week asking about it, uh, if i thought t- uh, trading for deandre hopkins was a good idea i'll say this quickly i don't like taking on the contract i don't like the age I don't like the fact that he was suspended for PEDs. I don't know this for sure, but I've, I've been told by people that are in the know with the Arizona uh, Cardinals that it's a bit of a chucklehead. Um, all that kind of makes me say I wouldn't want to have to give up you know, a first or second rounder to take on all of that. Someone had said T. Higgins. I think if he becomes available, I think that's a, a fantastic idea. That is a guy that is at the end of his rookie deal, is going to get paid big time. It's kind of a similar situation to A.J. Brown, Sean. Uh, now, th- a lot of that comes down to can they afford to pay T. Higgins? Like Joe Burrow, you know, you got the money there. You're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. Like there are guys on that roster that are going to get paid. Maybe they say T. Higgins is a guy that we are going to tr- choose to trade now so we can pay other guys. If that's the case, yes. I, everyone talking about that in the chat, I'm absolutely on board for that, Sean. And, and yeah, that that's – that's why everyone's talking about this guy because you can't pay everyone. You just can't do it in the NFL, especially with the the size of the contract that Joe Burrow is going to get. We know he's going to get an absolutely monster deal. Um, that's going to eat up so much of their cap space. And and T Higgins, you know, he's the type of guy who you saw it when Jamar Chase was out for several weeks this season. I mean, he is a number one receiver who's just stuck behind a number one receiver who's better. And, and so you know. An impact wide receiver, uh, he might be the best guy out there uh, if he is available. We don't know if he's available. We don't know what the Bengals are going to do, but 
but um, you know, I, I am, am, I would be all for that as well, Kyle. I mean, I think he is uh, the type of receiver who can really elevate your receiving group. Yeah. So it comes down to what is the price? So if, if he's put on the block, is it like, well, if someone overpays for T Higgins, we're going to trade him, or is it a situation where they realize we can't pay T Higgins. We need to move him and maximize our value this off season. And we're going to take the best offer we can get. Now, with that being said, I think that was the issue with A.J. Brown, and they got a ton for him. I think A.J. Brown is a better receiver than T. Higgins, but I do think T. Higgins um, is a number one receiver, has the upside to be a number one receiver. So it all comes down to cost. Like you're, you, you have to do that cost analysis. Are you willing to trade your first-round pick this year for T. Higgins what, at the second overall? I probably wouldn't be willing to make that trade. Like I, I would no, I, I would not do that. No, if it's a second round pick, maybe is it your first round pick next year where you know you're talking about a team that might be picking in the teens to the twenties? You know, maybe you're willing to do that. Maybe it's a second this year and a second. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's all going to come down to cost and, and how it really impacts your team in the next two to three year window because that's when you're looking to con- uh, contend now. And, and just for reference, I, I just looked this up because because I. You know, all these moves happen. I, you forget what was what. But um, the A.J. Brown trade was for the 18th overall and the 101st overall picks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would that that second overall pick, whatever it winds up being, second, third, fourth, is going to be so valuable uh, in terms of trade down value. And maybe that's a, a situation where you trade down, pick up a couple extra picks, and and then you can go out and trade for a guy like that. Uh, then you can, you know, it opens up so many doors. Uh, so, yeah. You it's know, not often. It's what was the AJ Brown trade on draft day? I can't remember. That when was we, that was during the draft. Yeah. Yeah. So you, that's the type of scenario you're talking about there, um, where it would have to be during the draft, like the Bears trade down and then trade. You know, maybe, yeah. Let's say they trade down to twelve. Maybe then, but I, even then, I I don't know if that's the route you want to go for T Higgins. That still seems rich to me, but that's a, a much more realistic scenario because I'm not. I don't think a second round pick. Like if you offer your second round draft pick this year, guys, I don't think that's going to be enough for T Higgins. I don't know if it is, and and not with you know the Ravens pick, which is probably going to be in the what in the fifties or something. Yeah, and see that seems probably too little. So you, you would have to sweeten that deal a little bit more. Yeah. So if he's available, uh, it's, it's certainly something the Bears should explore. I would be all for it. Um, but, but yeah, Sean, let's go ahead and get out of here. We're running out of time, guys. So uh, I think this is a good way. Triple R. Please, <laughs> Navidad, everybody. Happy Hanukkah and blessed Kwanzaa. Even if you don't celebrate, it's all good. Absolutely, man. Um, happy holidays to everyone. Hope you guys are enjoying the week. Hopefully the the weather isn't destroying your travel plans if you guys are heading out anywhere. Um, Sean, you got anything else to add? No, happy happy holidays, everybody. All right, guys. Thank you, everyone who joined us this morning. Kind of short notice. We weren't sure when we were going to jump on until yesterday, uh, trying to figure things out with the holidays. So great having everyone here on short notice to see you guys. Again, enjoy the holidays. We'll be back with you on Monday to talk Bears, Bills. Stay warm, everyone. Enjoy the holidays. We'll see you next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.